if I didn't do what I did, I, I would just kind of cease to exist. Right. It's Love always that. been that way. And if you don't have that burning desire, you got nothing to start with. Right. You got to be ready to fight for your story. Absolutely. If you're not willing to fight for the story that you're trying to tell, get on the bus and go home. We are fucking tired of the numbers coming out year after year saying, hey, guess what? Women made no gains. Right. Color made no gains as far as the industry is concerned. And, you know, we're a small fish in a ginormous ocean. And if we keep behaving like we can't make the waves, then I, I feel like nobody's ever going to make the waves. Old women would hang and write his stuff. Usually naked, but uh, that's another story. I'm not going to get into that. That's his deal. But uh, but anyway. So you weren't nude on set? No, no. Oh, bummer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had yeah, to. Sorry. That would be scary. Yeah. Um, that would be scary. But Mark Hamill's Joker was like in that first mm. like five, you know. Hello. That's so, so wonderful to see you. <laughs> Oh, my. Nice. I could use that as a soundbite, by the way. That's fantastic. Oh, please. Welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I'm the host and producer of this show. And I'm broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, sunny Los Angeles, California. The sun has set and the moonlight is now upon us. Thanks so much for joining me on this podcast tonight. I want to remind all of our listeners that you can listen to all of the episodes of this show if you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, make sure you reach out to me via the contact link on our website over at cinemaafterdark.com. Please make sure you have some skin in the game prior to reaching out. And by skin in the game, you certainly need to have a few credits under your belt. We value that for credibility. Also strongly encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates. I want to remind everyone listening that this is an information and discussion based show. We do not censor ourselves and we sure the hell don't censor our guests, so please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed on the show may not reflect the views and opinions of the host. I'm really thrilled to have tonight's guest on the show. He does some wonderful, wonderful stuff. I think he does a lot of meaningful work, great storytelling, just a great way to utilize the craft. And his name is Richard T. Wilson. And let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Wilson. Emmy Award winner Richard T. Wilson serves as the president, writer, and filmmaker of nationally recognized educational film company Outreach Arts Incorporated and its sister company, Mad Shelley Films. Outreach Arts Incorporated is a nationally recognized educational film company that works with various nonprofits and their funders to help provide an innovative educational approach to help increase awareness about critical health and social issues. Since 2001, the Wilson Penn Productions have not only successfully reached into communities nationwide, but also to those in need around the world. Some of Wilson's past work has also been prominently featured on ABC World News Tonight, National Public Radio, PBS, 
and the independent film channel. However, Wilson is probably best known for the company's critically acclaimed TV slash DVD series, Maple Ave, which focuses on the everyday issues, struggles of teens and their parents. Since 2013, the Emmy award-winning series has received millions of North American views via PBS, the independent film channel, and inside the classroom, regularly telling stories and changing lives. I'm really looking forward to having Mr. Wilson on tonight's program. He's certainly an inspirational fella, and what a great discussion this was. I'm looking forward to sharing this with you all. First-time listeners and long-time listeners, you know what time it is. Make that fresh batch of popcorn, sit back, relax, and get comfortable while you listen to tonight's guest. Ah, my goodness, my goodness, Mr. Wilson. Yes. Yes, indeed. Thanks for... uh, coming on the show here and hanging out thrilled to be here max thank you so much oh my gosh it's a pleasure to have you on this podcast tonight and i have got to say thank you to miss lanair for uh she's awesome sort of uh facilitating this discussion so yeah she's really awesome and stuff that she's doing over there jumps rights gosh she's helped us a lot I, i will say in the short time we've worked together she's really made a difference in our uh our efforts at man belly film so oh god i love that i love that but shout out to you, Miss Lanier. My gosh, it's doing magical <laughs> things. <laughs> but Richard, my goodness, it's you know, it's it's probably close to eleven there. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm a night owl, so this is cool. Oh, I love yeah, that. This is good for me. I've always been a night owl, so I, this is natural. You know, they say the creative mind doesn't rest. Is that you'd say that's yeah, true? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, I've been an insomniac my whole life, so this is just normal. You know, hanging out. I, I, a lot of the good ideas do come at night. That's true, though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, me too. I'm some sort of a, a night owl myself, so I appreciate that. That's for sure. But yeah, let's uh, kind of give our listeners some, some context here. You know, where were you born and raised and how did you get started in this uh, entertainment industry? Yeah, I, I was born and raised. You'll be able to tell before I even get into it because I'll talk so damn fast. I was born <laughs> in Laurel Springs, New Jersey. <laughs> uh, which is why I will talk. I'm trying to talk slower because you know uh, you'll be where everything moves fast around here in the Northeast. And I got into film. Um, I mean, really, as a little kid, it was just a, a, my first love. I mean, writing essentially, and, and film and TV. And uh, I would make my movies in the backyard, you know, with my dad's Super 8 camera and all that stuff, you know. And that's what started things off. But really, it took a detour for me because. I got involved in theater Mm. because I couldn't get involved in film because way back when, and this is a long time ago because I'm elderly. (laughs) It was, you know, man, you couldn't get, I mean, if you weren't, if you, there were only so many places you could go to study film and you had to have a few dollars and you had to have, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. You know, we had no money. What I did instead was I I thought, well, the hell with this I'm getting in and I'm, I got, I got to tell my stories. I've got to find out how can I get these stories out there? I mean, I was always into multimedia and everything. So to me, it was natural just to kind of flit around and just, well, you know, I was in garage bands and I would do all kinds of experimental writing and all kinds of things. And I got involved in the theater, Mm, long story short. So I graduated high school and just started studying with the Philadelphia Theater Company, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. a company that's still around. Great company, very well respected, does a lot of really fine work around here. 
Nice. Uh, we're actually, just to give you guys perspective, we're actually closer to Philadelphia. Oh, cool. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we're, we're those people. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that, that you got me pegged now. So there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. um, but, but we, I studied there and uh, for many years and uh, still continued my writing, kind of trying to find my way, got involved with another theater company, the Ritz Theater. Uh, which is still, uh, uh, it's been around for a long time. Eventually, I wound up working on staff there. I was acting in shows there, and I, I was getting my, um, I had my first play, plays produced there, and I wound up on staff as the playwright in residence. Again, great things happened with me in the theater, and I love the theater, but it was really second because I couldn't do, I couldn't get into film. Now, I tried. I mean, I went out and did the, you know, bought, saved the money from the dead-end jobs that I had many, <laughs> and and saved all the money to go out and get the, the latest video camera and make your films. But you realize you need a lot more equipment than just this, you know, big, gigantic camera. And right. they were big. Right. Um, <laughs> but I kept trying. You know, I was out there and I, I said, I'm going to I'm going to find my way. And, and the theater gave me a lot of I, I learned a lot in the theater. And I, I credit the theater for really I really cut my teeth learning what it was like to be an actor. I, I did a lot of acting when I was very young and then getting uh, getting my plays done, learning how to write plays and then getting them done. And just the whole process of acting, directing and producing. And it was really good. I mean, hell, I met my wife there. You know, oh, wow, cool. I mean, it's, it's it's been almost 30 years. We've known each other 30 years now. Nice. You know, we've been married almost as long. So oh, that's, that's awesome. you know, gives you some idea. But and then what happened was uh, as the playwright in residence, they had asked me to they had educational plays. This is this is back in the early 90s that we're starting to tour around about the environment and everything like that to go around to you know, grade schools, just local places. Mm-hmm. And they wanted me to I just become the playwright in residence. And they asked me, they said, Richard, you know, would you write one of these about the environment for for kids? And I said, oh, no, can't you get Randy to do that? You know, <laughs> they suck, man. I don't want to yeah. do that. You know, like I didn't really I, I kind of I didn't say that, but I was kind of like giving them the vibe like, man, I, I, I don't do that. Th- th- these things are really bad. Yeah, we really want you to do this. OK, yeah, OK, I got it. So I <laughs> basically would put it off uh, for as long as I could. Um, and what happened one night I was, you know, we were on our little kind of Thanksgiving break. And I was uh, just sitting at home watching TV and Willy Wonka came on, you mm. know, one of my favorite yeah. movies of all Classic. time. And that was like childhood. You know, I saw that when it was, you know, in the movies, you know, with my cousins and we oh, all just awesome. love this movie. Yeah. So I have a lot of great connections to that. And to me, that's a, that was a great story. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm watching it. Yeah. Right. And, and so I'm watching it and you know, I love it cause it's so dark and you know, yeah. and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm saying, what the hell? Just write what you want about what would you want to see as you uh, now. Now, of course, this is like a flash of the obvious, right? Yeah. Write what you would want to see as a, as a kid. And so I sat down and wrote it and suddenly it just all started to come together. And I did that sort of work for a while. And I thought, well, I did wrote other plays. We did things in New York off, off Broadway and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Had a lot of exciting things happening. Mm, yeah. Um, what happened was more and more. I got deeper and deeper into writing things. We were doing a lot more, uh, really pretty heavy duty stuff. We were doing a lot of AIDS awareness, very, very heavy duty dramas. Yeah. Uh, we got into cancer awareness, breast cancer. Aware. I mean, uh, and I started to see the impact that these pieces were having. Cause I was meeting the people I was trying to reach to, in order to write the pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that really changed me. And I thought, well, this is great that I'm doing this, but what happened? Max was like, I started to fall in love with, that and I started to realize that when I was a little kid and I watched movies and TV, the things that had the biggest impact on me, and you're gonna think this is really funny, but <laughs> I, I I saw the original, I mean the original Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah. 
which Rod Rod Serling, you yeah. know, was the you know did the you know screenplay adaptation yep. with Michael Wilson, mm-hmm. um, and that had a huge impact on me when I was like eight years old. I saw it on television for yeah. the first time, nice. and I'm telling you, I am a, a to this day just an absolute fanatic. Uh, yeah. for it and you know everybody goes rolls eyes and say oh yeah right those movies i said <laughs> i love those movies yeah, yeah don't mess with the apes absolutely that yeah. that and the way they talked about um you know they talked about racism and politics nuclear war everything you know in this movie yep mm-hmm. and you know because it was at the time that was in the air yep. and i was mm-hmm. and i so it, you couldn't avoid it it was everywhere and it was just like oh my god what a great thing and i didn't understand on an intellectual level i was eight but yeah. I could tell that this was getting people to talk about things that were important that impacted their lives. Right, you know, right. I thought, wow, this is powerful. Then the other thing that happened around the same time was All in the Family. It was oh, yeah. Huge. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, it was huge. And what a show. And yeah, what a great this show. This is the thing I'd, I'd be, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be over my aunt's house mm-hmm. and, you know, it would be like a birthday party or something, you know, and, and of course, everybody's coming from different political backgrounds and all that. And, you know, unlike now where everybody's like open about everything back then, you know, you didn't really discuss a lot of. This yeah, stuff. that's so true. So uh-huh. but they would talk through the show. Mm-hmm, right. They would talk about and laugh about Archie mm-hmm. Bunker and they would and then they would kind of like talk about their own issues through the show. Yep. Yep. And I sat there as a little kid listening to that. And that just blew me away. Yeah. Now, again, on a subconscious level, like. Those two things, I look back and I say, those were the things that kind of said, yeah, I love art, but I don't just want to basically do a song and dance for people. Right. I want to really have a conversation. Nice, nice. I'm not interested in banging them over the head with anything, but I yeah. want to really talk about what's around us. Oh, fantastic. And that's how it really started for me. And I wound up doing these plays. They were very successful. Like, again, I was saying, hey, these are really working out well. This is nice. Yeah. And then yeah. I really had to go out on my own eventually because I wanted to reach out beyond our area. And we hadn't been, but I, I wanted to reach out, uh, do this t- type of work across the country. Hmm. And I formed my own nice. company called Outreach Plays. Right, right. And we continued this for a couple of years. And then what happened was we had more and more people even before I left that we're saying, well, we want to do an adaptation, like a video adaptation, because, you know, this touring play stuff gets expensive and this way more people can see it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, great. You know, so I, you know, got in on some of those. And, and, and then after I formed my own company, I realized more and more people wanted that. And digital, uh, you know, a, a video was becoming a thing. Yep. The formats changed. Yep. Right. The formats changed. And I, I was reading all, all about it, you know, secretly. And I wasn't really saying anything to my wife. OK, I was just saying, you know. So one night I said to her, <laughs> I realized, you know, we're losing money because number one, it cost us so much to outsource the video mm, yeah. to the companies that we were using mm-hmm. uh, that that some of the not because we work pretty much exclusively with nonprofits. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only so much money to go around. Yeah. And so we started to lose. Oh, yeah, we can't do that. Sorry, Richard. We really love to. But that's like out. And I, and I thought, boy, I understand. You know, I would say the same thing. Because I had to make a profit, too. But so then I, I kept reading about this off and on, off and on, surreptitiously almost, you know, like wow. when you're in the bookstore and all that. Yeah. And one night I said to her, I said, you know, and I explained that, you know, we're losing we're losing clients or we're losing gigs because we just can't afford to make money and then farm this stuff out. We should really do this ourselves. Mm, yeah. She said, nice. she said, we had this, you know, it's funny. We had this discussion the other night. She goes, did I really say this? And I said, she goes, you don't make movies. <laughs> I said. You see, I said, no, I, I know, hon, I don't make <laughs> movies, but I, I think I can. And this is what I always wanted to do. And, you wow. know, 
Number one, my wife is incredibly supportive. She's helps run the run the show here with us. Nice. So she, you know, with, without, but uh, she, you know, so, said, "Well, you do theater. You're you're a playwright. You're a producer. You put, produce shows that." Yeah. And I went around and Max, I I went, I, I was, I, I just knew this is what I had to do. Wow. And it, it, and I was going around, <laughs> I was going around telling people, yeah, come sign up for our. We're making films now, and we could reach more people with this. And I didn't nice. have anything. I just said, yeah, I want to do it. You know, and, and eventually, uh, and my wife was like, oh my God, you have no, you have no equipment. You have nothing. And you're selling this whole idea. I said, yeah, it's okay. It'll all work. That's and awesome. And yeah. we did. And we got our clients and they came in and basically that's how we got started. And that's a long, my gosh. a long story, but that's, but that's exactly how it happened. Yeah. That's like the definition of an indie filmmaker right there. That's, yeah. that's yeah. You know, nuts and bolts <laughs> right there. I love that. It, well, it's and it's I just knew that I mean, for me, the drive to tell the stories, because I honest to God, to me, it's not just, oh, I'd like to make films and I'd like people to, you know, enter. And I think a lot of times today, what I feel is that a lot of people are doing these things and a lot of people are complaining about this, you know, the, the festivals and things that they're getting. That yeah. People are basically making show reels right. instead of really focusing on telling a story because everybody wants to be rich and famous. And it's like, well, what do you really want out of this? That's if you want money yeah. and fame, go do something else. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But but anyway, that's how it started. And and from there, you know, we, we, we turned the company into Outreach Arts. Right. And right. we've made 40 some, you know, short films for nonprofits all over the country. They've been on PBS, yes. uh, IFC, and uh, we won an Emmy for our um, original Emmy. Right. With right. Four other Emmy nominations for um, our yeah. Maple Ave series. Yeah. Which, um, Very which was an in-house piece. Yeah. That we that we did. And then and then uh, I've been doing that for uh, the film piece of it for 16 years yeah, now. quite some time it's fantastic because i mean you you tackle a lot of social and like health issues a lot of a lot yeah. of there's a lot of substance there's a lot of stories that are i would say somewhat heavy in nature i mean very you tackled you know substance abuse online safety suicide awareness and teen suicide gambling alcoholism etc cetera, etc cetera. And, you know, it's it's interesting that you're able to do that. I think one of the things that sticks out to me is there's an educational component to your work. Not only are you storytelling, oh, yeah. but you're I mean, also, it's, yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, these these pieces are generally made to fit into classrooms and fit into a therapy sessions and things like that for different groups, whether it's problem gambling, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, whether it's a, you know, a, a teen situation where they're in with a therapist or they're, you know, and they, you know, they, they're made for these, uh, they're, they're made for public outreach, like public service announcement type things. But the idea for me was I wanted to do something, public service announcements, a lot of them suck. Yeah. And a lot mm -hmm. and a lot of educational things about very important issues just again suck. Right. And right. and we're not gonna suck. Yeah. I mean that's you know, that's that's the thing. Don't suck. Right, right. Uh, you know, make sure that if you're talking about something this serious, you better treat it serious. Absolutely. And I don't think I think a lot of people there's not a ton of money in it, so people are well, you know, I'm gonna go do this. And I don't blame them, by the way. It's a very hard, it's a difficult world to work in. Right. On a lot of levels. It's also unbelievably fulfilling yeah and you go to bed every night knowing wow you really feel good about you know what you did and right. uh number one you have to listen to who are you trying to reach mm, yeah. well you, you sit down and you you go to the communities that you're trying to talk to and interview the people that you you want to hear their stories and you're putting together a composite of all these these stories and i'll tell you i will tell you this that in all i've been doing this for a very long time now and as gratifying as it is it really does 
it, it's hard to listen to all. There's a lot of wear and tear on your soul. You know, I was actually wondering about that because I mean, some of the stuff is so it's deep. It's interesting that you're able to create stories around it that resonate with people. Take the stories that you're hearing from others and then create your own stories from that material that's really on point with it. It's kind of most like you're reenacting real life situations, yes. which is the essence of storytelling. That's exactly, I mean, what it is for me. And for me, it's, yeah. it's a very weird situation. It's not, I mean, it's to me that the one thing that I'm always trying to do is find the common denominator as far as, you know, whether, it, you know, whoever the audience is, I've got to know that audience. I've got to learn them. You know, I've right. got to learn what they're about. I've got to feel, not not learn, like not like, okay, well, here's a group of statistics. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah. about I've got to, I've got to feel where they're coming from. I've got to know what their life is like as much as I possibly can. And I don't know. I, 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 I'm sure a lot of creative people, you know, say the same thing. But to me, it's very easy to absorb them. Mm, yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. like whoever they are, and, and I mean, almost to the point where it's 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 kind of I lose myself uh, half the time. You know, mm -hmm. so that part mm -hmm. of it is not a problem as far as I feel like I can, you know, really feel what they're feeling, and I, I hope that comes off in, in in the stuff that we do. But that's. Uh, that's what it's to me. It's about what we have in common and then working together to respect the audience that you're trying to reach and really be genuine. Like, yes. like this is, this yeah. is, this is this audience. This is where they're coming from. Yeah. Be respectful. Know it. Don't just, you know, skirt the, the, the edges of that world, know that world and embrace it and then send it back out there. I'm basically telling their stories back to them. That's right. all this is, you know, yeah. But it, but it is, it, it is tough. I mean, it's yeah. like I said, it, it's, it's, it's gratifying, but it's very taxing. It uh, seems it is, it is taxing. And I, I, I will agree. tell you, I, we did a lot of work with teenagers for many, many years and I loved it. You know, I mean, it was great. I got to kind of come up with the millennials, yeah. was, you know, and having a, a millennial as a, as a daughter, it all kind of worked out there, but I was with them from the beginning. She's on the young end mm -hmm. and I would interview them. I saw how the generation kind of like evolved and I would work specifically, I would go out of my way to work with at-risk teens. Yeah. Environments where, you know, the money was not there. The, the, they were doing the best they could with the school. And the kids really had a, a rough time. Mm. And my opinion, you know, are, are getting the short shrift. Right. That was really where the focus was. Because the thing of it is, if you can focus on at-risk teens and talk about issues that impact everybody, you know, it's going to also impact people who are maybe not quite as a, at risk, but everyone suffers with, I mean, there are all kinds of groups suffering with these issues is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Depression, right. drug abuse. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic background is, right. or where, where, you know, mm -hmm. but that would be the thing. And I would tell you, I, I would go have these interviews and um, the kids would tell you all kinds of things after, wow. you know, cause they knew I was really listening Yeah, and I was also not a teacher. Yeah. And I would hear things that it, sometimes they would say for the first time. And, you know, in some cases, you know, people would come out and say, you know, I, I was raped and I've never told anybody wow. things like. And of course, you know, you'd have to report that back to get them some help. But yeah. things like that would happen regularly. Well, I'd walk around in a daze for three freaking days. I mean, you know, I mean, feeling all that stuff. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, that's a shame. And then I'm going to have a beer and forget about it. Right. It's just you. It. it, it I mean, and this is the last I'll say about it because, but it's a vocation. Yeah. It's not just when you do this type of work, it's not just, Hey, I'm going to make a film. It's going to be great. We're going to have a good time and maybe make, tell a cool story. It's you're there to try and make a difference with these pieces. And I hope that 
we'll talk about it and a little bit later, but with the second company that we just filmed in the last couple of years, Mad Shelley Films, which is yeah. more entertainment driven and quite frankly, more for me, that spirit is there in those supernatural stories, in those, you know, yeah. more surreal stories. But I think all the, uh, the stories that I'm trying to tell, I think they're all coming from the same place. Oh, I hope they are that. anyway. Right, right. My goodness. It's interesting. It's almost like a documentary kind of component yes. to what you're doing that fuels the uh, the creative side and the material that you pursue. How do you decide on the type of material that you want to pursue? Is there a process that you have prior to? That's the interesting thing is we started out building on the things that I started out writing about uh, that at the time where AIDS awareness was a big thing. Cancer awareness was a big thing. So, you know, yeah. we started kind of continuing doing those things. And then I was trying to do some other things as well. Like, for instance, I was trying to do a piece on eating disorders. I was trying to do things on de teen depression. Mm, right. You would, what I learned very quickly was, oh, yeah, well, the money wasn't there for mm -hmm. that. The Surprising. Money was there, yeah. Right. The money was there if a drug company had made something. Uh, I see. Okay. You get where I'm going. And yep. I kind of, that, that really rubbed me the wrong way. I thought that was okay to get something done, but that's not what, you know, I was in this to actually talk about, a, you know, not just the latest diabetes drug. You right. know what I mean? Right. That's old bureaucracy. Right. You, you, <laughs> so, so then what happened was uh, Linda, my wife, we were, we were talking many years back and I said, you know, this is, this is bullshit. I've been trying to get this piece done on eating disorders. I've met with these different groups and the thing you find out is, you know, a lot of these groups, they all have different ideas about how to approach the issue. That's totally fine. But yeah. they all kind of don't, they don't work together. Mm. So mm. you're like, okay, fine. There's general information that could go out there that people would benefit from. Gotcha. Right. And everybody's mm. just sitting around having a debate. And I thought, this is crap. And I, I said, you know, there's so many things that I want to talk about. Right. I really want to do this series. It's an in-house thing. We're going to take the money from our contract work. Yeah and give it a go and we're going to make and i had like hardly anything to put into this mm, wow. so it was uh we we did our first piece on teen depression called jenny's reasons and that was 14 years ago wow and i didn't have any money to even hire my regular guy <laughs> i just uh, i just grabbed the camera hired the actors and ran around for a day yeah yeah well, i mean i was i was at the school i was at, i was in antique shops and my own home i was at the down by the train tracks wow. i was yeah. i mean and i said never again man but i i had to get it done and and it worked and the timing was perfect because there was a thirst that for that type of uh, stuff this is as millennials are really kind of coming of age right you know right. they're coming into they're coming into oh there's this new generation you know and they're just kind of really starting up and it worked and we had uh, distributors picking us up right away we wound up on pbs yeah. right away yeah. It was amazing. That's I, I was awesome. shocked. I got to ask you about your production process here. First of all, casting in general. Was that difficult or is that difficult for you? You know, a lot of people think you need to be in Los Angeles to make a good production or a good film or to find good actors or to find no. folks to work with. How was it Not, for you there? I mean, I love L.A. I, I, I do. I mean, like I was just out there and I mean, it's 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 great. But I think it's great if you're going into the heavy duty movies and television you know right top mm -hmm. tier but as far as finding talented people people who are you know in my opinion equally gifted right they're all they're all over the place and one of the things that helps us max is in this area here which doesn't get a lot of press but there was um, a real revival of the theater in the 80s oh, nice. and yeah. a lot of people started actually making a living a modest living doing theater 
in the Philadelphia area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as a result, you've got people, uh, people are doing a lot of films here. M night Shyamalan, uh, Mm -hmm. lots of people are coming uh, for many years now doing quite a bit of film work in the, in the Philadelphia and the Pennsylvania and, and some, uh, some of us over here in South Jersey too, we get some of it as well, Mm -hmm. but I mostly go over to Philly and uh, go to Heary Luftus casting. (laughs) Uh, There you go. I gave them a plug. Nice. You know, I've known known Diane uh, for many, many, many years, ever since I was very, very young. Yeah, I always hear and, great and things about Diane. That's great. The, Diane's that, Diane's the best, yeah. and um, we've been buddies since I was since we all knew each other in the theater. She knew my wife before I knew my wife. So oh wow, That's we're cool. all yeah, very good friends. Her, her, her husband Pat, and yeah. Jason's now working with her over there, and, and they're all oh, doing cool. a great job. Nice, but uh, but but basically, I've been working with Diane ever since I started my own business and said, well, you know, I, I know that if we're going to do this, we need good people. And you know, you better put the money aside because one thing I do not go for, and I know everybody says, well, we're going to get actors and they're a dime a dozen and they'll do it for free. Well, you know what? You get what you get, buddy. And and that's, and that attitude is going to, is going to reflect in what you do. It so does. That's so true. And, and so you're going to have enough problems just you know, just paying like, people, yeah, just right with yeah. production. Yeah. You know, uh, as far as sometimes you're going to have actors who, oh, you know, last minute, oh, I can't do yep. it. You know what I mean? Yep. Not that that happens uh, very regularly here. It doesn't. Right, I mean, it right. has happened over the years, but mm-hmm. but you know, you've got to. They're part of the process. Uh, Absolutely. This, this is not about me, and I've got this. You know, I've got this script that we're going to do, and you're all just going to be, you know you know, puppets and you're going to, I'm going to move you around on a board. Yeah. That's, that's garbage. They're yeah. all part of this thing. They're making it happen. I'm nothing without the crew oh, that yeah. I've been working with for forever. Absolutely. And these incredible actors, which is kind of like, we've almost got a, you know, a, a touring company. We've, we've been using a lot of the same <laughs> actors for many, many, many years and so also awesome. new actors. Right. But, right. but no, it's not a problem at all. In cool. this area. That's good stuff. I always and, tell people uh, that I'm glad you said that because it's, it's always good to hear from folks that are, you know, outside of the whole Hollywood loop, even myself included back when I was back in Pittsburgh, I, there were so okay. many talented actors um, back Absolutely. there in my hometown that it's just like crazy when people have that misperception that the only way you can find talented actors or talented crew or talented people or talented filmmakers is in Los Angeles. They're all over the place. And it's cool to hear, you know, how things are there. It's really good. Oh, it really is. And it's it's been that way, like I said, uh, for quite a while. And I, again, if we didn't have the work, if they weren't doing so many film and TV things as well as theater, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, good people are everywhere, but they're concentrated here in a for kind of a quiet way. Yeah, like people don't really. Oh, Philly, yeah, right. You right. know, uh, quite a lot of uh, quite a bit of work around here. Right, right, absolutely, good stuff. Now we're getting close to our break, but I want to ask you before we go to our break because there's so much sure. stuff that I want to discuss about Mad Shelley films. Yes. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But what qualities does a good filmmaker possess, in your opinion? Curious to hear your perspective. Oh, I think. If you're in this business and you're trying to to do this, you number one, you have to need to do it. Yeah. If you don't need to do it, get out. Because if you would be just as happy doing something else, but this seems like it would be more fun, get out. You right. have to that is the number one thing. It has to be if you didn't do this, you would die. There's no hyperbole there. I mean that. If I didn't do what I did, I, I would just kind of cease to exist. Right. It's Love always that. been that way. And if you don't have that burning desire, you got nothing to start with. Right. You got to be ready to fight for your story. Absolutely. 
if you're not willing to fight the story that you're trying to tell, get on the bus and go home, right? Uh, wherever you are, right? Uh, you know, uh, those are the two things I would say. You know, you you got to have a lot of uh, need and uh, in your soul, a burning desire, and you've got to be ready to fight. I and a lot of people that. aren't. That's so. so so true. I have a buddy who was on the show too, who uh, has done work for the show. Is a brilliant composer, Christopher Goodhall, and he had said something similar when I asked him what he would be doing if he uh, was not composing, and he said, I'd probably die or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like he would just, uh, he would just right. not exist. And exactly. I, I love that. I love that. There's no plan B. It's always about plan A. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. Good stuff, sir. Well, Richard, I think this is a good place to take a short break here. Okay. I want to give you a chance to reset, and we'll also give our listeners a chance to reset because I want to come back and discuss my goodness, this wonderful web series <laughs> that you have created for us under the flowers here. And cool. yeah, we've got a lot to discuss regarding that. Right. So how does it sound to you? Uh, great. Sounds perfect. Fantastic. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break here and then we'll be back with more of Richard T. Wilson after this break. So do not go anywhere, folks. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast. We are continuing a wonderful discussion here with Mr. Richard T. Wilson. And my gosh, it's been fantastic. And for this half of the discussion, I do want to switch gears here, sir. And okay. discuss this wonderful web series you created under the Mad Shelley Films umbrella under the flowers. Yes. And I'm going to read yeah. a little uh, synopsis here sure. for our listeners. Uh, it reads, Jackie Hill has one too many nightmares, especially when she's awake. Whether it's the black flowers growing out of a little boy's hand, the unnerving goth girl who appears just before her blackouts, or the strange man who visits in her unconscious state, she regularly feels her sanity slipping away. But as one world digs into the other, challenging her reality, Jackie knows the true answer lies somewhere under the flowers my <laughs> goodness that's very juicy cue, sir cue spooky music yeah yep. indeed that's uh i love that that's fantastic so that leads me to what i believe all of our listeners are wondering right now how did you come up with this wonderful <laughs> you know web series concept where did the idea and the inspiration behind it come from well it's it's strange because we had done a film the previous year the first mad shelley film was uh a short film called the Halloween girl. Yeah. And uh, starred Catherine Cooster, who's also in under the flowers as her same character, yep, uh, yep. the Halloween girl, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the, the film, that film started as a result of my, uh, my parents passing away very close together, mm. uh, particularly my mom, which was yes. very uh, sudden. Oh, sorry. And mm. yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. And it was, it's, it was, um, you know, obviously very difficult. Right. I, not that I'm ever somebody who doesn't believe in, you know, ghosts and spirits. I do. I've, I've always have. Yeah. I had experiences when my mom passed away before I even knew she had passed away, felt what happened to her. She basically made herself known during that whole year 
wow. the first year that she was gone. And the Halloween Girl and Mad Shelley Films, as a result, you know, started because it was a way to cope, really. Right. And uh, I, I had felt for a couple of years I wanted to also break off into a different direction and do some things because I, I, I just felt like things were working out pretty well with reaching millennials. Mm-hmm. And I really thought we were finishing up Maple Ave. And Catherine was actually in two of the episodes at the end, one which won an Emmy after I'm gone. And she had the lead in that. Wow. And she played a ghost in that. So, I, you know, I thought, you know, she, she does great work. And I, I kind of wanted to move into a different direction. I wanted to try and do this. And I've been trying different things for a couple of years. Mm, yeah. Experimenting. And then what happened was we did the Halloween Girl. And I said, you know what the hell with this? If people don't get it, that's fine. It's like I just needed to do it wow. and get it out. Mm-hmm. And I did it. It worked. Um, very grateful for all the work that Films Rights PR did. And we got really a really great reception. And then what happened was last year, we had been so busy that year in 2015. And things have been pretty busy. So I kind of didn't have the, the time to absorb all the things that had happened in my life. Yeah, And it kind of hit me this time last year really hard. I was very depressed. Uh, it just kind of all hit me like a ton of bricks. We'd had a lot of lot of things uh deaths in the family and uh, illness uh and we lost a lot of people over the course of many years i'm not going to get into all that but the point is it was very heavy right right. totally understand i've had similar situation happen yeah well especially with my mother too wasn't it oh really yeah so i i can totally relate that's crazy isn't it and then well that and that's what and that's really where where it um uh, you know, where it started. And I, I just kind of found myself at a crossroads. And right. I, it's funny, I only just started to talk about this in this way the other day. Somebody had interviewed me about about Under the Flowers. And, mm. and I, I said it was, it was almost like I felt, I was feeling like I knew I had to do something, but I knew it was going to be a heavy lift. Gotcha. You know? Right. And I... <laughs> I was listening to this will this will really date me because I mean I've got you know I love <laughs> I love a lot of classic rock I love a lot of old punk and, nice and so that's where I where I come from well and one of my favorite things was uh, when Peter Gabriel was in Genesis and and they did you know uh, one of their albums Foxtrot and, mm, and they yeah. had the Supper's Ready which was you know mm, yeah. a crazy art rock yeah. nutty thing and let me tell you I love it yeah pieces. I always love a lot of that I'm the I'm a big Bowie fan big Kate right. Bush fan all I mean all art rock you know right. if it's pretentious I'm there <laughs> they don't make so, it like that anymore no they don't and but, I, but that you know certain things you know it doesn't matter what period you're in just mean a lot to you and they, yeah. they speak to you and I was listening to it feeling pretty badly and I was listening to it and it was almost like I jump-started myself like I saw the kid I used to be the, the the kid who was started out doing all this stuff. And it was almost like he pulled me through the mirror. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, buddy, you're coming with me or you're going to stay here and rot nice. because I yeah. felt like I was on the fade if I didn't do something. And that's the reason under the flowers was just starting out as, Oh, well, you know, it's just kind of this exercise. Things were slow. And I thought, okay, you know, in this, in the early part of the summer. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just do this as an exercise just to keep, you know, keep my mind going and keep my, you know, keep myself, sharp with the writing right right can you talk about the writing on that too because sure. i'd love to know how long it took to write it took a month oh my that's uh, fantastic took a month because somebody said mike Biasel, who who works with us so you know one of our cinematographers said what the hell you you just wrote this thing like where'd that come from yeah, i said it's awesome mike i swear we were working on another project later and i said i said i think it was all just there <laughs> I think it was all. I think it was all just sitting there, just saying, "Would you freaking write me already?" Yeah, because it was very much like the pause button was lifted. Right, you were close to it. 
Yeah, and, and, and it was I had written all that stuff when I was younger. That's what I started out doing, writing that type of, of, of stuff. Wow. And then I thought, oh, well, you know, I don't. I got so involved with doing outreach stuff that I just kind of forgot. Like, I forgot about me. I forgot about a part of me. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And yeah. I, I didn't realize it. I mean, it truly did not. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just leaving that behind. No, I just figured that was over. And right. I was doing this now. And then it just kind of dawned on me that I needed to do that. It took about a month to write that. It all happened very quickly. Mm. It it took so basically it was like under the flowers for six months solid. We you know finished the script. We went out and cast the piece uh, over at Erie Luftus and and uh, and then uh, got into rehearsals. Uh, we shot in early November. Okay. Okay. You know, obviously between all that, we secured the locations with my old hometown, Laurel right. Springs. Cool. Yeah, Laurel Springs. Um, I saw that. I was like, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. You got to shoot in hometown. Which they were great. Uh, Got to be awesome. How was it getting the locations there? Just to interject, because I've always wondered. I, getting locations, obviously, in LA is hell. Uh, on yeah. wheels. I mean, there's just ridiculous. So many things that that bureaucracy has kind of taken over right. that process for filmmakers. But and that's one reason why I love shooting back east because it's a lot easier <laughs> to get locations. Flexibility. Sure. Hell yeah. yeah. People are cool about you know if you want to shoot in a house, someone will lend you your house to shoot, and you yeah. don't have to deal with the BS that you have to deal with in. Fucking Los Angeles, right. but you know, how was it for you and getting that all together and securing a location you shouldn't use it? It was great. And that nice. happened as a result of, of the Halloween girl because I had asked my old elementary school. Yeah. Uh, you know, but when we did the Halloween girl, there were a couple scenes that were shot at um on the playground on a swing set. And I said, Boy, it would be great, you know, I'd it could could we shoot here? Long story short, they they said, Sure, no problem. And and we shot there. And one of the teachers at that school had seen the Halloween girl. And said, this is great. I want to have this at the town Halloween thing and all that. I said, oh, that's that's awesome. I said, yeah. no, I'm thinking about this other thing. Mm. And so we had dinner. I bought him a, I bought him a beer and we talked. Nice. And he's also a big fan of of all this kind of stuff, yeah. supernatural stuff. And, and, and you know, and and he's he's written his own supernatural stuff. He's got, has his own books published. I cast him in the show. Brian nice. Hoffaker, oh, cool. who I grew up with his with his brothers <laughs> and sisters. He was a baby. When, yeah. You know. And so I didn't really know Brian to know him, you know, and we just clicked and he helped with the town facilitate getting us into the Walt Whitman historical home, the Whitman Stafford home to, to shoot, wow. uh, to shoot down at Crystal Springs where Walt Whitman wrote a lot of his stuff. Oh, that's um, so awesome. Did works. Yeah. Did some of the writing on leaves of grass down there on specimen days and all this. And these were also places, you know, Crystal Springs where we used to hang out and get in trouble when we were kids. So it was like, you know, I, I used to pretend I was Walt Whitman too on the yeah. summer and pretend I'd go down there and write. Uh, it didn't <laughs> nice. quite work out that way, but, <laughs> but anyway, the, but, but they were great. They let us, they gave us, they were so supportive. Like, do you need cops? Do you need this? Do you need that? Fantastic. You know? And, uh, and they've been unbelievably supportive. And I'm telling you, they're a character. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I they, when, when they're a character in the film. Like you yeah. feel Laurel Springs when you, I think when you watch, particularly under the flowers, yeah. like you can feel the town. It's an old, old town yes. and it's set up, you know, it's, it, you can roam that town from one end to the other and, yeah. and not be run over. You know right. what I mean? It, it's the way it's laid out. It has a vibe to it. It's very, and it's not just nostalgia for me. I mean, sure, a lot of it is, but it has a. It it's really does feel yeah. like another world. Yeah, right. it really does. Yeah, it really does. So, Absolutely. So they were they were terrific. And then the diner that we all go to, they yeah. were great too. You know, oh, cool. Our, our, the Palace Diner around town. So yeah. we just uh, in Berlin. So we went over there, and um, Tony over there. Oh yeah, sure. So, <laughs> Shout so out to it, Tony. Yes, exactly. Supporting you know, independent Tony, film. The Palace Diner in Berlin. Absolutely. Go there. That's fantastic. Anyway, so um, yeah, no, they, uh, we we have we've always had a really good 
experience with locations. There are a lot of really uh, great locations that can uh, sub for other parts of the country around here. And we've been, uh, you know, farms and things like that that we've shot at, uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, that that we get to fake the Midwest or, or you know, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the client needs, if it's an outreach arts piece, you know, so it's very, very flexible. People wouldn't think that, you know, people don't really think about South Jersey, you know, uh, they don't think about it, period. There's, (laughs) there's a lot of interesting, interesting uh, locations around here. Yeah. Cool. Very, very cool stuff. It's probably cool shooting in all those places to just, yeah, uh, it is. It is. Yeah. Like, like uh, surreal sometimes too. So it's kind of cool when you get to see your dream manifest right in front of you, you're creating it and, uh, utilizing you know the environment around you to enhance that vision it's uh it's pretty uh crazy when you reflect on some of this stuff now how many episodes can we expect because i had a you know opportunity to watch the screener and it was awesome so i, oh, I gotta tell you it's really really cool so i was glad oh, to, I glad it. to have that behind the scenes uh insight there <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's broken into chapters obviously yeah you know how will you be distributing that and uh how will you break it down are you going to show it all at once at the well, end of the no, whole we've actually, we, we started to show, uh, we, we unveiled it uh, in um, about two weeks ago. Uh, and we're doing one episode every every Sunday gotcha. uh, at, at undertheflowers.com. Fantastic. And uh, then what we're going to do is the, the screener you saw is the omnibus kind of edition. And we're going to yeah. promote that when it's all done. But the exciting thing that happened was before we unveiled it, I had, you know, pitched it around because I, you know, Max, I still had all this stuff to do. It wasn't like, I've been kind of rewriting and changing it all the way up until the end. So that, that period has been, I haven't had any time just to focus on that very little bit, like 16, 17 minutes of film Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. And, and I said, okay, now I've got to get, you know, working on the series Bible and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've got to get all that stuff together, but I haven't had, I've only just been able to start to do it now that the show is done and it's out there. Yeah. We got, I pitched it around just a little bit. And I heard from a company out your way mm, um, that was very interested in the piece, and they want me to. Uh, they want to keep talking. They were. They said, "Hey, do you have this as a film?" I said, "No, it's not really meant to be a film. It's more of a television show." And they said, yeah. "Well, then, then a television show, you know." And I said, "I'm actually working on it, so they they want to look at uh, like an hour long pilot oh, that cool. I'm putting together." Nice. And um, yeah, so I'm 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 in the midst of doing all that now. I figured the whole series out from beginning to end. If we ever got the opportunity to turn it into a series, so I've got the whole arc of the story. Fantastic. I was wondering, would would you like to come from it? Oh yeah, TV definitely. Nice. I mean, I, I I see this, and it's funny. I I really am starting to notice that there's a whole real push for. Again, I I just watched the OA. Did you see the OA yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. You got to watch it. Everybody keeps telling me it's it. fantastic. It's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, even Stranger Things, which I love. Stranger yeah. Oh, Things, yeah. Even Stranger Things has they all there's a lot of kind of a, a push t- towards deeper questions. Absolutely. That are wrapped up in, in sci fi or yep. horror in the same way that there used to be back when I was a little kid. Like yep. People were trying to say something more. And it's almost like people have gone so far in a very superficial vein for so many years. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like, oh my God, you know, I've got a vitamin deficiency. I need to <laughs> dig deeper. And I, I've noticed that. It seems like there's a, it, 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 I've noticed it in a lot, even in, in some of the uh, the feature films. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say things that they didn't even care about for so many years. Like I saw The Witch last year. Mm, and I yeah. know a lot of people were disappointed because it was, wasn't what they were sold. Yeah. I, and I get that. But if you look at it for what it is, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's still it's a cool. film. 
yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's very cool, and it's also a film about you know, it's a film about uh, extremism. Yep, mm-hmm. and how how it's going to eat you up. Yep, you know what yep. I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the, I mean, there's a lot of of that happening. I think in quietly, right, in film and television, especially in the supernatural, sci-fi end. And I, I feel like we're part of that, and I think we fit very neatly into that oh, yeah. with Under the Flowers. Oh yeah, good stuff. I, I could see that. Yeah. Absolutely. Does this have a message? Is there a certain message in this? The message for me, for, for this, especially with the first four episodes, the, the piece that you sent, I think, throughout is, is, yeah. is uh, you know, you've got to basically grapple with the truth. You've mm, got to yeah. grapple with, and I mean, as simple as that sounds, it's about truth. Right. You can't run away from yourself. Right. And uh, I'm not going to give too much away because yeah. the show's still ongoing, but yeah. it's about, you can't run away from yourself. You, you know, I mean, you, you, you pay a price. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it eventually uh, will kill you. It it will kill your soul, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it's, uh, it's about being true to yourself. And, uh, and I don't mean just in a, I mean, in a, like a a life or death way, like, you know, it's, it's like, you're either going to grapple with the fact that there's evil in the world, or you're going to pretend and and stick your head in the sand and say, things aren't so bad. And if you don't absorb the evil, the darkness and know that it's there, you can't live. Right. You know, right. you can't be who you are because you don't know what you're dealing with. You know, and I think a lot of people are walking around pretending Absolutely. You know, that things so aren't true. so bad. So. Mm-hmm. That's mm, deep stuff there, sir. Very deep. Yeah. Stuff there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I try. And what was it like working with these wonderful actors? Because there's some oh, really good performances. The best. Yeah. The best. I mean, yeah. this, this show is, is all about the kids, yeah. you know, and and they are. They are the best. I loved, I've already been a big fan of Catherine's and she's, a, yes. you know, we've kind of, uh, Lynn Excellent. and I have adopted her practically. So, <laughs> you know, she's our, she's our other kid, our other daughter. And, uh, right. she, so she's great. Uh, Lauren Lavera was the first time I've worked with her as Poe. Mm, yeah. Uh, wonderful. Uh, Gabby, oh God, Gabby is Ella. She was absolutely, uh, Gabby Joe was just, mm, just yeah. absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it just all the, all the kids, uh, Jacob, yeah. It's terrific. And, and, you know, I have to tell you, when, when you're working with kids that are young, I mean, it's really hard, number one, to find kids who can kind of pull it out, pull the depth out in a, in a mm. piece like this. Yeah. He was wonderful. Yeah. You know, um, it's a rare commodity. I'll put it that way. And he did a terrific job. Right, right. And Scott Evans, who we mm, worked yeah. with before, Scott's done so much great work around here and uh, playing Nick, he scared the <laughs> Nick, hell out yeah. of everybody. So. Yeah. And he's the nicest guy. He's this wonderful <laughs> Interesting. guy. Interesting. Okay. You know, Scott is the most gentle human being. But boy, he's scary as crap. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, so uh, Scott is the best. And, uh, yeah. and you know, so, uh, and of Carol Furphy Lubinsky played my wife in the, in the piece. We've known each other forever. Oh, awesome. My God, my wife and her played softball together. So, um, oh, cool. But, Gosh, Carol is awesome. a Barrymore award-winning actress, yeah. uh, you know, uh, which is a big deal around here because that's yeah. Philly Tony. Yeah. And um, she's, uh, she's terrific. She's also part Brilliant. of our regular crew. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, so I said, well, Carol, you and me, man, we're doing this. So, uh, <laughs> we, you know, I don't want to have to worry about any, I got too much else to worry about. So we're going to do these things. Nice. So I, and I hadn't done it anything in about 23 years, but I yeah. said, well, this guy sounds like me. Okay. I'll do it. <laughs> so, I, so I just threw myself in there and I actually yeah, did it cool. to push myself. Right, yeah, so right. it was fun. Nice. But you know, I mean, great, just, um, uh, a really great cast. And I have the best crew yeah. going. I've worked with these guys forever. Kevin, Mike, Carol, Zach Ziegler, who wrote the music. Mm, yeah. Who's 
got the theme song in there um you yeah. know from black and white to color I yeah mean, uh, he's he wrote some music for the halloween girl as well and he's just uh he's also one of the everybody does does double duty around here so it's oh, awesome my gosh fantastic kind of, yeah is there a scene by the way that you appreciated directing the most is there something that sticks out to you you know what i like doing the best was was probably when we were down crystal springs mm, yeah and i'm sure everybody's expecting me to say the whitman house and all that and that was great <laughs> yeah but but it was truly crystal springs probably spending so much time there as a kid but having Poe sit there on the bench by the actual spring oh where yeah Walt whitman would hang mm-hmm. and write his stuff mm-hmm. usually naked but uh that's another story i'm not gonna <laughs> get into that that's his uh, deal but uh but anyway so you weren't nude yeah. on set no, no, no. Oh, bummer. Um, <laughs> um, I had yeah, to. Sorry. That would be scary. Yeah, um, that would be scary. But, but anyway, so filming that there, I, I remember when we, we filmed that, that felt because we really tried to use the area and make, like I said before, the that part of the town a character. Like, a, yeah. and, and I remember when we shot that, that to me was just one of those, like, there's a lot of, for, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but there's just a lot of power in that particular location. Gotcha. You can almost feel it. And everybody was saying, Oh, this is great down here. You know, everybody mm-hmm. kind of got that, you know, feeling. I yeah, mean, there's the an Whitman energy house there. is, gotcha. yeah, there's an energy there. And yeah. I, I mean, the Whitman house is great. And there's an energy there as well, but I mean, there's something down in crystal Springs. There's just, uh, there's, there's just a, you could, it's like a current, you know what I mean? Mm, you can yeah. feel it down yeah. there and you feel it in that spot. It's almost like that's the heart. Gotcha. Of, the area down there and uh it's like all the energy kind of like sits right there by that spring you know what i mean oh yeah and uh and so so that's the that that's the scene that i i enjoyed with uh uh, directing with jackie first meeting poe because of that it just felt like here we go we're gonna you know we're gonna start breaking through to the other side basically to quote the doors you know what i mean this is the moment Mm, where we 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 walk through the mirror you know so i don't Mm. know That, that that's the thing that pops into my head Gotcha, gotcha. By the way, how long did this take to edit? Well, let's see. We finished shooting the second week in November. Hmm. And I finished the edit, I guess it was two days after Christmas. Wow, that's awesome. Cool, though. Yeah. 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 Did you shoot it all at one time? Did you shoot everything, you know, consecutively, or did you kind of space out your production schedule? We shot over two weekends. And that first weekend was, I bit off way more than I could chew. Gotcha. Yeah. And I had over, <laughs> I mean, we had turned out okay in the end. My wife saved the day. So, uh, you know, she, uh, she saved, you know, she really did. She got it together with, you know, pulling everything together. And, and, and wow. I was, I was, my daughter was on set too, helping. She does all the photography and stuff. And she's oh, nice. She, uh, <laughs> <I said laughs> we're driving to the last thing. I said, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I said, I, I this is nuts. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> this is going to suck so bad because I, you know, the pressure was so great. And, right. and then of course I got, you know, we, we, we had equipment failures and all this stuff. This is after all the work yeah. had been done. Everything had been checked. Of course, you know, it was like we had this go wrong and that go wrong. Yeah. And, and long story short, I got home, looked at the footage and I said, we got, Oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say it turned out uh, great. Jeez. I was happy with it. And I mean, I just think being in it was, why did you do this to yourself? Because you've got mm-hmm. all this pressure to begin with trying to work out and, and it's hard to work in the woods. Mm, yeah. 
I, was, I mean, for just a variety of that. reasons. Yeah. You know, you're going through all these over all these hills and, you know, you're grabbing equipment going, moving here. And it's very difficult. You know, it looks nice and serene, but it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's a lot of work. Right. Right. And it's, it's always difficult filming outside and we had great weather, but you know, you've got wind, wind you've got, planes, yeah, just, you've got, you know, Oh yeah. And planes. And, oh, geez. Oh yeah. yeah it's a, a lot of planes in this area. It's a, yeah. uh, uh, you know, right down here because of the airport and everything. So, yeah. but so that was, that was really difficult, but, but then we shot the, uh, uh, the studio stuff over at letter eight media. Mm, uh, okay. mm. They just opened up here a little while ago and those guys are awesome. Great green screen studio uh, cool. there. We did the Whitman stuff the second weekend and then we went to letter eight and, and did all the green screen stuff. So uh, nice. that was a much more low key shoot. Yeah. Yeah. You get a totally controlled environment. Though. Oh God. Yeah. It was like <laughs> night and day. Yeah. 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 Nice. But filming outside, filming outside as anybody knows has done this. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, Cool. you're you're really sticking your chin out <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> the things we do to make these yes. stories come to life it's it's a wonderful thing though isn't it yes it is it really Wouldn't is. have it any other way absolutely absolutely now gosh how can people stay up to date i know you plugged it already but how can folks stay up to date with the series well they can follow us on twitter at mad chili films and that's probably the best way. Also on Facebook at Mancelli Films, uh, you know, and, and you know, but the the site will have everything about Under the Flowers, the UnderTheFlowers.com site. But but the best thing to do is uh, we get a lot of traffic on, particularly Twitter, and most of the people who follow the Halloween Girl and and, and now Under the Flowers, you know, get most of their news about what we're doing on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's awesome. Okay, great, great. Thanks to Lanier, it is. Yes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> She's awesome. She's so yes. fantastic. Goodness gracious. Ah, oh, geez. Now, what's next for you? You know, anything else we should look out for? Well, I mean, we're still doing our projects with Outreach Arts. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's a few things that we'd like to do. We're trying to get a national piece done on problem gambling awareness with uh, the National Council on Problem Gambling. And we've done a lot of work, just kind of fell into that years ago. Uh, uh, we've kind of become a go-to for that community. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get something done on a national level there. Uh, that's one of the, the bigger things, as well as some other work. But we're continuing the outreach arts work, uh, you know, doing public service announcements, doing short films about different uh, issues. I really want to do something. I'm going to use this again. I'm going to plug this again. I really want to do something for veterans. Mm, yes. Uh, we, we, we've done work for veterans in the past uh, right. that's been very successful. A piece called He's Not the Same was actually uh, uh, used in Washington right, uh, to right. talk about PTSD. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and right. um, and and how it's they're using problem they're using gambling as a coping mechanism right. and they're mm-hmm. getting you know addicted. I'd like to do something about veterans and their families and what people mm, are dealing with. Yeah. And I feel that it's an underserved issue. Absolutely. And I, you know, for me, it's always about trying to reach more people who yeah. don't have a voice or don't have a big enough megaphone. Mm, yeah. And I really feel they're. I know we all say God bless the troops and everything, but I feel that the stories about the families and what people are going through, I don't think they're being told as much and, so and not. So I, I would love an opportunity to do more there. Right. Right. And that's what I'm kind of searching for, to be honest with you. Mm, very cool. That's good stuff. I love how you use the craft, sir. This is a uh, good stuff. This oh, is thanks. real true storytelling at its finest. <laughs> it absolutely is real stories here. No doubt about that. Now, sir, got to do something here to you that I do to all of my guests and okay 
I hate to do this to you. I mean, you've been so wonderful and it's just, it's one of those things that I have to do to you. Sir, it is just horrible to say the least, but I need to ask you, and I'm just going to give you a second here before I ask you this question. Okay. We're just going to take a second here and we're just going to ponder over what Max has up his sleeve. It's outrageous, I tell you. And, um, yeah, I, I need to ask you if you're ready for it. I, I just need to know. I'm all, Max, I am so ready. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Since you're so bold, I'm not going to, I'm not going to draw this out any longer. <laughs> Richard, this is the part of the show where I ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves. Now, Richard, this can't be just any old fun fact. This has to be a fun fact, something that people don't know about you. So the wife can know, the kids can know, nobody can know this. No one on set can know. This has to be a fun fact, something that people don't know. (laughs) Well, I'll put it this way. The majority of people don't know this. Nice, nice. All right. I am a singer. And I did the music and was singing on all those songs, whether you like them or not, in the Maple Ave series. What? Under a fake pseudonym called the Ninth Wave. Wow, that is so. I can. So that's yeah. That is spectacular. <laughs> very, very and, nice. And I, I, very few people know. Linda knows. Uh, I think Kevin got it out of me a couple of years ago when we were uh, having a meeting. But uh, but very few. Uh, most people, most the majority of people don't know that because I just did it. And, wow. That's a yeah. hell of a fun so, fact. My <laughs> that, goodness. That's, that, that's the only thing I can think yeah, of. Yeah, that's fantastic. The majority of people, because I'm kind of an open book, yeah, you, you probably can tell. You, you, that's so. awesome. You threw me for a loop with that. That is awesome. Do you do any yeah. singing on the side now? Do you? Uh, no, but I used yeah. to, when I was a kid, I was in garage bands and all that wow. stuff. And we, you know, so I, you know, I'm still a, uh, want to be rock star so nice no that's That's... good stuff good stuff really really good stuff that's kind of interesting not met a filmmaker you blew my mind there because i haven't met a filmmaker yet who has done that i've met filmmakers who've composed but i've not met a filmmaker who actually has sung something and utilized you know their own talent in their own production that is quite fascinating to say the least a cool fun fact Okay, nice. good. I passed then? Yeah, that was really oh, good cool, stuff. Cool. I, I have to say, I appreciate you uh, you know, sharing that <laughs> with our, uh, our listeners there. My God, cool. Now, we are approaching the end of the show here, and I appreciate you staying over a little uh, longer here. And I've got to ask you a couple things here before we sure. wrap. What are your thoughts about independent film in general, you know, the future of it? You know, from your perspective, the future is, I believe, I, what a lot of people are saying. I think the future is in is in television, yeah. and it's and I I mean, you know, pay TV, you know, like Netflix and and Hulu and 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 uh, and you know, on the internet. I mean, eventually, more and more things are just going to be watched there. I hate the idea of movies going away. I don't think they ever will, but I think they're going to become more and more events. Mm, you know yeah and uh i i that's kind of sad for me because i love going to a uh, to watch a movie i love going to a theater so i'm yeah. not saying that like oh yeah let's get this theater thing over with yeah like a movie right. theater thing over with yeah. but i really feel like the energy right now is is in um is for the on the small screen you know um 
Absolutely. It's, it's it's there in television. I think the most interesting work is being done there. I think because it can, you know, I think it's it's a heavy lift to put together your, you know, a film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a heavy lift no matter what. Yeah. And I just think it's easier to tell shorter stories and do more quality work. I just, you know, like I said, I think things got so bad that people were starved for quality, more thought provoking work. And that's the reason places like Netflix and Hulu and Showtime really kind of, you know, um, they just breathe new life into, into television. So I, I, yeah, I think it's going to, I think the energy is going to be there right. in that area, I think for quite a few years to come. I, I don't think we have seen, I don't think we've seen that peak right yet so that, that's what i would say in the short term you know but i but again i think it's always the same i, I think people think oh you know we've got social media so yeah. oh you know it's easy you know we're gonna go and it's not it's just as hard now it's just as hard and just as easy oh yeah <laughs> as it ever right. was you Good know point, uh, yeah. so so that's that's what i would say you know and uh, you've really got to i always think of rem one of my favorite old bands mm, yeah Good and stuff. how they would go tour <laughs> pizza parlors yeah uh, dropped out of college and toured pizza parlors, you yeah. know, uh, to to get their, you know, to, to build their audience. Right. By the time they they, they they took their crappy van all the way up around the coast, around they, the, coast the, yeah. the audience was getting bigger and bigger. Well, I think that's true for anything. You have to, you still have to build your audience one, you know, one brick at a time. And a lot of people don't, right. you know, right. want to do that because that's a lot of work. But oh, I yeah. do think that the future is, I, I think the future is a good one. I think we need, we need independent film probably more now than we have in quite a while. I agree. To be honest with you. Absolutely. That's a great point. And uh, is there any advice you would like to share with someone that might be listening to this podcast now who maybe they want to do what you're doing right now? Maybe they don't have you know, the confidence to do this. Maybe they don't have the resources right now. It's a lot of reasons why folks don't get started. Is there any advice that you would give that individual that's listening? Yeah. I mean, think about the alternative. Think about yeah. life not doing it and then see where that takes you. And if that scares the hell out of you, then you better get started. Right. If, if that doesn't bother you so much, then, you know, go do something else. And that's cool, too. But think about your life without making movies, without telling stories and then see where that leads you. Because oh that's the truth. That is excellent advice. That is the truth right there. Oh my, that is what we call hashtag real talk. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent advice. By the way, and this is a personal question. Sure. Based on something you said earlier, does your mom still visit? That's just a curious question. I've always wondered. She visited, she visited more regularly in different ways, which I can't even get into because they sound crazy. Right. You need to show us in the film. She was gone, but uh, it's been much more intermittent Mm. or whatever. Like, you know, you'll see her on special, like a, if it's a holiday or Christmas or something, you know, the red cardinal shows up in the middle of the tree, kind of that guy, wow. kind of, yeah. or the middle of the road where there, there's no cars and suddenly there's this red cardinal in the middle of the road, you know, wow. things like that. Just, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that's a lot more almost chilling right? in a way uh, that, that happened early on. But yeah, she's, she's definitely still around. Oh, you know, good stuff. That's a good thing. You know, yeah. But I've always been curious about that. I had to ask you that personally because yeah, something that I constantly wonder and you know, it's uh, just interesting. It stuff fascinates me. So appreciate again, you appreciate you sharing that. That's personal. Sure. But uh certainly something that's meaningful. And I know there's people out there that you know, 
you know, experienced the same thing. Hopefully they're coping. Oh, it's with real. It. Yeah. It's very real. Yeah. It's um really fascinating. Now, before we wrap, feel free to plug anything you wish. I know you have already, but I want to give you an opportunity to uh, inform our listeners how they can get in touch with sure. you, Twitter, website, you know, Facebook, that. how can I get in touch I, with you, email, whatever you want to share. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you, if you're interested in some of our, uh, educational things the, the activist pieces that we've done over the years outreacharts.com is the place to go and uh if you're somebody who who would you know would like our services uh, g- you know give us a shout over there at yeah at outreacharts.com and i'd be i'd love to talk to you because we're always open to nonprofits and working with different nonprofits across the country and again with mad shelly films we're at madshellyfilms.com and under the flowers.com for the show and uh you know uh that's pretty much it. We're always, uh, you know, always open to hearing from people and, you know, would love to talk. Oh, fantastic. You are doing some outstanding work, sir. And it has been a pleasure having you on this Thank podcast. You, oh, geez. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I re- I'm really honored that you, uh, that you invited me. So oh. I really appreciate it on behalf of the entire gang. Thank you very much. Oh, it is. It is our pleasure here. You know, I speak for me and the listeners because, you are certainly somebody who, who has just some wonderful things going on and uh, just very inspirational. So uh, oh, one, one thing I love is that, you know, you're making it happen. And, you know, Laurel Springs, my gosh, <laughs> oh, this, this fires me up. <laughs> Rock on Laurel Springs. I love yeah. that. I just love that. But, um, yeah, I want to thank you again for coming on this program today and sharing your story with our listeners, telling us about this wonderful web series that you have out and uh god i gotta bring you back in the uh, future that's oh, for i sure. love it fantastic love it. thank you good stuff well keep telling these stories and i think it's time for us to uh fade out here what do you think sir sounds good thanks again max really oh, appreciate it it is my pleasure ladies and gentlemen that was richard t wilson check out everything he has plugged you will not be disappointed very cool stuff and on that note we will be back with more after this break You are listening to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole and I host this show. Hopefully you are feeling inspired. It's been a wonderful time this evening. I want to thank you for listening to this program. Make sure you tell someone how to follow this show on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back with more shortly. And welcome back to the program here tonight. Before we wrap, I want to thank our guest tonight, Mr. Richard T. Wilson. What a lovely discussion that was. Make sure you check out everything that he's doing. Most importantly, I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight. Obviously, the show does not exist without you listening, so thank you for listening, and please spread the word about the show. Show someone how to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. Show someone how to access our website. Show someone how to subscribe to our podcast, iTunes, or follow us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play, we would certainly greatly 